One of the things about Bishop that I have known for years, and he has kept it going and increased it, he is a man of prayer. That's something, amen, that's something that is, is the bedrock, the foundation of everything he does. And as the pastor of Pentecostal Tabernacle, when prayer is such a force in the pastor, then there is a trickle-down effect that occurs. There's some of you sitting before me right now that a month ago, five months ago, a year ago, you didn't have the prayer life that you have now. But because of the prayer of Bishop and Lady Carmen and their tenacity in it, it has trickled down so that you are also experiencing an increase of prayer in your life. Amen? But there's a problem. When you pray, always, somebody say always. Always. Always you become closer to God. Let me pick on somebody. Young lady with the yellow. I see you. <laughs> if I were to throw a football pass to you and everyone around you was trying to deflect the ball so that you wouldn't catch it, it would be difficult for me. I, I'm not that good of a passer. So I might throw it and people around you, just those people around her, just raise your hands up. Just, just wave them. Just, just go ahead. Yeah. So it would be difficult for me to get that pass in. But please stand in the yellow shirt. Please stand. As she elevates to another level, it would be a lot easier for me to get the pass into her because she is on another level. And when God, thank you, and when God is speaking to you in prayer and the prayer that he has generated in this house, I could feel it when I was sitting there. I, I, I leaned over to him. I said, there's an anointing in this place. I wanted to get a little happy, but I knew I had to preach, so I had to... <laughs> but it's a lot easier. And when you pray, you elevate yourself. But Joyce Myers says it best. That's the way I remember it all the time. New levels, new devils. Because as you elevate... It allows you to hear God clearer, but it also allows the devil to be able to see who he can pick off. He's not going to go after everyone who's sitting in a mass like this. But as, as long as you recognize, I'm going to pray, I'm going to get closer to God, and you elevate yourself, the devil says, oh, there's one. There's another one. Make sure they don't get any higher. And the thing with God is that he doesn't 
have a limit of levels. As many times as you want to go up, he's got something new for you. But if you're willing to go up, the devil's got more for you as well. I'm here to let you know, not to scare you, but to encourage you. I'm here to let you know that you are in a praying church that is based on a praying pastor. And he didn't start this just yesterday. He's been like this for as long as I can remember him. And because you are catching the vision of prayer, you are elevating to higher levels, but you're also opening yourself up to more attacks. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Now, let let me just say how God deals with me and maybe it might reflect a bit on you as well. The more I pray, time out. I forgot to tell you. We worship at Faith Lutheran Church right on Broadway. We rent the building of Faith Lutheran. The former pastor there, Pastor Tim Stein, I said to him one time, how's everything going? He says, well, we're seeing an increase in in people. And I said, well, what do you attribute it to? And he said, we tried all kinds of things. But it wasn't until I had a conversation with Bishop Brian Green, Lutheran. It wasn't until I had a conversation with Bishop Brian Green and he told me the one thing that we have done consistently is pray. Yeah, we've done other programs and everything like that, but the, the foundation of everything we do is prayer. And he said, he said, uh, he said, Warren, he said, Pastor Brian said, if you want to see Faith Lutheran grow, you get them praying. And I've seen, even in the time that I've been there, I've seen growth in their numbers. Now, you would think that a Pentecostal tabernacle alumni would already know that. But I saw what was happening at the Lutheran church. And I said, I'm going to do what Bishop Brian said. And it wasn't that we weren't praying. It was, this is just what God said to me. He said, you're praying, but you're praying at your office or you're praying in the house. You need to pray where you're calling people to. And, and it, it, it seemed, maybe it's just me. Because sometimes I, when God says something like that to me, I say to God, not in words, but in my thoughts and in my actions, I say to God, are you kidding me? You mean if I'm praying at 25 Percival Street in Dorchester concerning Calvary Praise and Worship Center, there's a difference than if I go to to, to 311 Broadway and I pray there and God said, yes. And since I've done that, I don't think I've even told you yet, since we've done that, we are seeing salvations. We would go long periods of time where we wouldn't see any salvations. But in the past month, month and a half, 
We've seen salvation in four of the Sundays that we were there. And what God is saying is, if you build my house, I will build your house. Are you hearing me? Let me get back. I just need to say that because Tim Stein was building you up big time. <laughs> but what God does, he takes a seed. Somebody say a seed. And he plants it in your heart. And he causes you to come to salvation. Now, when you continue to pray, you continue to grow in reading the word and, and grow in hearing messages and, and just keep growing in him. What he does is he sees you at another level and he says the seed that they have in them for salvation is good, but there's more that I can give to them. So I have a new seed on this level. And so he gives them a new seed. And he plants it in. And if we water it with the word and we build on it in the word, it begins growing. And what happens is we begin to desire what he planted in us. And so we have a heart's desire. See the camera person back there? I can't see if it's a male or female, but it's a person, so I know that. But see the camera person? God may say to you when he plants that seed, this is where I'm taking you. Right here. And all we see is there but God said but you have to get there and so everybody who's sitting on the aisle on both sides just raise your fist yeah now extend it out into the aisle yeah now just swing it around a little bit he says, I, I planted the seed. You've grown in me to the place where you want what I've said. And I'm saying, yeah, I want it. And God says, there it is. Go get it. And as we walk the path, there's a whole lot of stuff that we have to get through that we didn't see when he planted the seed in us. Things are getting tough. Thank you. I don't want you to get tired. <laughs> Things are getting tough. And sometimes... We get upset with God because he's giving us what we ask for. Let me get into the text. I'm going to be a few minutes before you, and I'll sit down. Because this applies to you more than, than any church that I've been in. As you're going to new levels through your prayer, God's going to plant new seeds in you, whether it's for the body or for you individually. And God's going to give you a love for whatever it is he's shown you is yours. But there, there's going to be a battle getting there. And we have to find the place in us where we are like the character that we're reading about today. Genesis chapter 50. I'm beginning at verse 18. Then Joseph's brothers also went and fell down before his face. They said, behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. I'm in the place of God. But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day. To save many people alive. Now therefore, don't be afraid. Here's the heart of what I'm going to be speaking on. I will provide for you and your little ones. I, I missed the part that I want to. I, I, no, let me back up just a bit. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. 
I don't even need to read the, the rest of it. That's where I'm going to be centering on. Don't worry about it. You meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. Just for a few moments, I'm going to be speaking from the thought, thanks. I needed that. Father, speak through us to us. Let us hear from heaven. Allow me the privilege of sharing with these your people in the same manner that you made it real to me when you shared it to me. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, I needed that. So many times we think that when we hear that phrase, we think along the lines of something positive. I may be a little thirsty after I finish ministering and, and someone may hand me a nice tall glass of cold lemonade and I'll say to them, oh man, thanks. I needed that. Or we may be, be struggling with our baggage into the airport terminal and we don't have enough help. The, the wheel on one of our carry-ons broken and so we can't wheel it like it was meant to and we, we're struggling there's no one to help but someone comes along and say hey let me help you with that you say thanks I needed that but I'm from old school I, I used to watch don't make fun of me I used to watch the marathons of the three stooges I'm going to preach on this side <laughs> And sometimes an individual would be in a state of agitation and they'd be trying to calm them down. Come on, calm down, calm down. No, no, don't you know what happened? Calm down, please. And all of a sudden they just go, stop, please, I'm too agitated. Oh. And although it hurt, he said, thanks. I needed, I needed that to just shake me back into reality. I needed that. And God is calling us. Somebody say, us means me. God is calling us to a place where when he's planted a seed in us and shows us where we're going, he doesn't allow us to see the path that it's going to take. Come on, fist people, do it one more time. Just wave it around. He doesn't show us that. Because if he showed us that, we'd say, well, <laughs> Thank you. But because he doesn't show us that, he shows us that, and not only does he show, he's so, so dastardly. He doesn't just show us that, he causes it to start to grow in us so that we want it. Oh, I want that. And as we go, we start to hit fists, hit walls, hit this. And sometimes, if you're like this preacher, sometimes you blame God. I, th I thank all of you for your prayers with me concerning my wife. I, I appreciate each of you. And once again, Bishop Brian said to me just a, a short while ago, 
He said, the Lord has raised you and Lady Lynn up in, in mine and Lady Carmen's spirit. And we've been praying extra hard for you. And I thought instantly, something's about to break because I know that's a praying man. And so when we're going after what God has for us, it hurts. And I've been to the place where this pastor has said, God, don't you love me? What did I do? Hear me. What did I do to deserve this? I just recently, not many months ago, I heard God say to me, what did you do to deserve this? You asked for it. You asked me for that. And I'm giving it to you. But there's qualities in you that need to be refined. There's some situations in your heart that need to be knocked down. Oh, you can get into heaven with those things, but you didn't stay on the level of salvation. You've elevated to the place where now you want that. And now I'm saying to you, if you want that, I can deliver it. But I've got to get some stuff into you, and I've got to get some stuff out of you and the only way I can do that is to give you a love for the destination and then continue to lead me Joseph he had that's the, the verse we read he had desires in his heart placed by God even so I don't have time to go into the his siblings and where they came from and all of that. Your homework assignment is just to read chapters 30 through 50 of, of Genesis and it'll catch you up. But he had all these siblings that were not full brothers and his father was wrong for loving him more obviously than the other brothers. The youngest brother he was given the assignment, go out into the fields where all your older brothers are working. Go out into the field and check up on them and bring me back the report. Oh, and just so no one will think that you're there to work, here's this coat of many colors. <laughs> this leisure jacket. You wear that out there. And Look to your older brothers and see what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, and, and, and then get it back, the report to me. So this, this family was dysfunctional. But yet the seed was planted in Joseph, so much so that he had a dream that his bundle was standing erect and all of his brother's bundles were bowing to him. And his brother said, wait a minute, you're the younger one. What makes you think that we're going to bow to you? He had more in him. He said he had another dream where not only did the 11 stars bow to him, but the sun and moon bowed to him as well. He said, what's, what's going on? Your mama and your daddy's going to bow to you too? He had a seed in him. And God said, I can work on that seed to get you where I need to get you. But there's some stuff, somebody say stuff. stuff, stuff that has to happen in your life first. And so 
He's thrown into a pit by his brothers, sold into slavery. And what God does, God does not allow you to go through. See, you didn't know sitting on the end was going to cause you so much trouble, right? But, but do that one more time. Okay, you can stop now. I feel like making them do it for the whole service. <laughs> God's saying, you, you have the seed in you, Joseph. I'm taking you somewhere. But you're going to have to get back because you've got some stuff in you that, that won't work there. You've got this pride in you. You feel you're better than everybody. And so some of that's got to come. I, I, can, I can work with you right where you are on your daddy's farm or wherever it was, but, but I can't work with you to get you there unless I get some of that stuff out of you. And, and so it's going to hurt, but I'm going to make sure I'm there with you so you don't get discouraged. And so he's so, I, I imagine sometimes when they first threw him in the pit, And he's, he's saying to them, come on, guys, I'm your brother. Come on, get me out of here. It's not funny anymore. And when they let the rope down to pull him up, he probably thought, in fact, I, 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 I like to read between the lines. And so when they pulled him up finally, I believe he said something along the lines, oh, thanks, but... But wait till I tell dad. But they weren't pulling him up just to release him. They were pulling him to sell him into slavery. And so he's bound and off he goes. Come on, guys, what are you doing? Don't you know I got a seed in me? He gets to Potiphar's house. This is the beautiful part of the story. I'm moving through this quickly because I can be long-winded. That's what the people at Calvary say sometimes. They say, sometimes you preach so long, Pastor. I say, that's anointed. Don't worry about it. <laughs> He's in Potiphar's house, and here is where God encourages you, even though the fists are flying. It says, the Lord was with him, and allowed him to have favor. You believe that in the midst? Again, come on. See, these people here at PT, they're so good. I didn't even have to say anything. I just said, and they started. <laughs> Thank you. Even through all of that, I'm not reached my destination yet. I haven't been refined enough yet. The junk that has been put in me through years of my life has not been eradicated yet. And so there's stuff in me still that's going to prevent me from being the very best that God wants me to be. And so in the midst of all of that, he brings favor. Keep going. I'm still with you. You ever been on your track from where you are to where you believe God is calling you and you believe that you might have made a mistake? Oh, man. I must have missed it because I can't understand this. 
and then God brings you some favor. Okay. I'm still going, God. I heard you and I hear you now. I'm still going. He goes from Potiphar's wife. Let me just tell you right now, I didn't see any pictures of her. But Potiphar's wife was fine. (laughs) And you've got to understand that Joseph was a young man, maybe still in his teens. I need to say no more. So he was in his flesh, ready. And she was fine. But yet he said, I can't do this. Now, I'm reading between the lines again. He, he, he said, I, I wouldn't mind doing it, but I can't. And the first thing he said, I can't sin against my God. You ever do right and bad happens? He stood. In fact, one time, I believe she planned it where there was no one else in the house. She says, okay, there's no one that can tattle on us, Joseph. You know I want you. I've been coming after you for a long time. And I know you're young and strong. You you want me? Come on, come on, say it. You want me, you want me. And she grabbed a hold of his cloak. She grabbed a hold of his cloak. And he twirled himself out of it so that it left her holding his cloak. And he ran. Some brothers today say, I ain't going to run. I'll, I'll just, I'll be strong. <laughs> but I hear the prophetic words of Clint Eastwood. <laughs> who said, a man's got to know his limitations. <laughs> he ran. She was upset with the fact that he did. I, I believe she had done that with other Hand, hand, handy men around the house and she said come on come on and they say okay and so when this Israelite would say no I can't she said okay I'll take care of you and she caused him to be thrown in jail and here he is still got the seed in him hear this when God plants a seed in you and when you cause it to grow by reading of his word and by growing in prayer and it becomes a part of you so you want what he wants for you. When that happens, even in the midst of all hell breaking loose, you still got that urge on the inside of you. You may not be able to explain it to anybody. There may be people all around you who have been saying to you, you should have given up on that long time ago. But there's something on the inside of you that regardless of all the fists that are flying, 
it's pulling you. Because God is saying, you won't be satisfied until you get there. You, you remember the time? I'll, I'll deal with that later. Let me, let me keep on moving here. And so he's cast into jail. And again, the word of God said, I'm reading between the lines. I always put stuff in, but don't get too shook up about it. Joseph is saying, I didn't go to bed with her. In fact, I stood strong. God, didn't you see me? I almost wished that I had. But here I am in prison, and I'm feeling down. But here's God again. And God's favor was on him in the jail. You may be down, but don't give up. Once he spoke something to you, it had to happen. You see, we're serving the same God that said, let there be. I can't even get deep enough. I wish I had a voice like James Earl Jones. Let there be light. And there was. There was no issue about, well, should we shine? Should we do? What should we do? No, there was no question. Once he spoke it, it was done. And what he's trying to get us to get to, a place where we're saying, in the midst of the fist, we have the seed so firmly entrenched in us that we're saying, God, you wouldn't allow this fist one more time. Okay, thank you. God, you wouldn't allow this without a reason. There's something in it for me. And here's the part that I had to learn. I had to learn this. It took years, but I had to learn it. I had to learn that God didn't just want me to endure. He wanted me to thrive. And so in the midst of that, and how I was, I'm, I'm talking mainly about my, the situation with my wife. I'll tell you a little bit about something that, that happened, and, and then I'll close in a little bit. But, but I, I was going through all the stuff with my wife, and I was saying, God, why me? What's going on here? God said, I don't, I'm not. God said, I'm not that concerned with what I told you you were going to get. That's going to happen. I'm concerned about you as you get there. Because there's some stuff in you that I've got to get out. And there's some stuff in you that I've got to put so that you'll be able to succeed where I'm calling you to. And even though you have a love for where I've called you to, you're not quite ready. And so I am going to do some stuff in you to get you ready to be able to. I'm not that concerned about the destination. I'm concerned about the journey. And I need to get you through.
And so Joseph, in jail, had favor. And he rose the ranks there, and then we come to the butler and the baker who have a dream. And, and then Joseph says, just tell me the dream. God who, you see, that's how you know you're in the right place with God, even through the tough time, because you still see him. And he, he, doesn't, he doesn't wane in your visage. He keeps getting stronger. In the jail, not because he did anything wrong, but because he did right, he's got favor, and God is the one who's going to give him the interpretation of the dream. Butler, you're going to get your job back. Baker, sorry. You're going to be hung. And it happened. And he told the butler, remember me. And the butler went out and forgot him. You ever do right? Living right? We all have these little barometers that we gauge our lives with. We prayed every day this week. We read the word for half an hour this morning. We spoke in tongues for a good length of time and we're all pumped up and ready and then everything goes bad. What God, and this is what he said to me. I'm, I'm getting close to my end here. What God said to me, I need you to praise me on the journey and recognize that whatever I've allowed, whatever I've allowed to touch you, that is for your good and to build it up. Once you get that in your mindset, you will recognize no matter what I'm going through, it's for my good. And so in the midst, in the midst of the storm, God wants a people that will say, thanks. I needed that. I, I don't understand it. I may have to say it through tears, but I'm saying it because I know you are my God and you have my best in mind and you spoke something and I'm not there yet and so you must have something more for me. So thanks. I needed that. I learned that God doesn't get much praise out of my grumbled praise. We, we, we who have been in church for any length of time, we know the right words to say. We know how to say them. We know how to free. And we can even put a little buck in there so that people think that we got the Holy Ghost working on And we say, hi But man looks at the outward. God is looking at the heart. And so he's looking to see, are you really praising me in the midst of your storm? Because if you praise me in the midst of your storm, what you're doing is you're testifying to Satan himself. No matter what you do, my God is preeminent. He told me I'm going somewhere. I'm not here yet. And whatever he allows you to do to me is something that's just going to build me up and prepare me for what I need there. And so thanks. 
I needed that. Do you understand what that's going to do to the devil when he brings some stuff to you and you begin to, from your heart, say thanks. I needed that. It's just getting me stronger for what my God has. So keep on coming. We sing about it. You ever hear the song, don't wait till the battle is over? Shout now. Oh, we can sing that. It's easy. But when we're going through the battle, what, you want me to shout now? And God is saying, that's who I'm raising up. People who are going from level to level. Recognizing that the higher they get, the closer they get to me. The more they hear my voice, but also the more the enemy is going to attack. And I'm looking for people. I'm not going to try to keep them from the accelerated devil's attacks by keeping them on a lower level. No, I'm a God who recognizes no matter what he throws at my kids. I've got enough to keep them and not just keep them to endure through the process, but to get them to a place where in the middle of it. Thanks. I needed that. Thanks. Thanks. I needed that. What are you doing? I recognize that God is just getting me ready for whatever it is he has for me. Let me wind down here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. For as the heaven is, heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than yours. That just means God is saying, don't try to figure me out. Just obey. That's the only part about figuring me out you need is to obey. The, the, the moment you try to see why this is happening and why that is happening, it's going to cause your brain to fry. Because his ways are way above. You see, Moses needed the wilderness. He had in his heart the seed to be a leader and so when he saw an Egyptian and an Israelite skirmishing he looked this way he looked that way and he says I feel like a leader and so he went in and killed the Egyptian buried him in the sand but that didn't work out it caused him to go into the wilderness and he still had the seed in him but I was I, I see Moses going through the wilderness saying why am I here I got stuff in me why why is this happening God don't you love me God says you need that because there's some similarities to leading some complaining Israelites to some wandering sheep. And so you're going to learn how to be patient with them. Come on, you sheep, you smelly sheep, come on. And the word tells us about a shepherd that he will leave the 99 and go after the one. And God's saying that, that's what I need you to have, Moses, that kind of a heart. So that when I'm ready to blot everybody's name out of the word, out of the book, you say, no, no, no. 
that the Israelites that you promised you would bring in. So come on, I, I had that same compassion and I learned it in the wilderness. Hallelujah to God. Even Joseph's father, Jacob, he was a trickster, a conniver, a supplanter. With his mama, they tricked the father to give them the, the blessing and, and then he had to run away and spend time where God was taking him through the fists. Uncle Laban tricked him. Uncle Laban connived against him. Uncle Laban messed around him with his woman. My wife, that's not the wife I work for. Well, yeah, don't worry. Who you want is still there, but you know, you won't have to work for me some more. And so he had to work some stuff out of him so that when he was going back home and he was wrestling with the angel, he wasn't ready to give up and just let mama mix up a meal to help me through. He wasn't ready to try to trick his way through. He held on to the angel and he says, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I recognize I needed that to make me into what you have for me. And so I'm holding on. Do what you want with me. I'm going to walk with the limp. But I'm not letting go. And Joseph, this verse, in the pit, sold by his brothers, in Potiphar's house, lied on by Potiphar's wife, in jail, starts to elevate so that God is still using him in, in the word of knowledge to discern what that dream meant. He gave the butler the good news, the baker the bad news, and, and he said to the butler, remember me, but yet for two full years, still forgotten. Here is Joseph when he finally rises to there. He's made it through all the fists. You can rest your fists no more. He made it through to his destination. And I, it's almost like deja vu. He sees his brothers coming in and they don't recognize him and they bow. And he said, oh my Lord. You've been with me all this time. He works it out so that his father would come and his younger brother would come and they're all before him and he's finally revealed to them. He reveals to them who he is and they were afraid. They knew who they had sent so many years ago into slavery. But Joseph has gone the path that would make him ready for the destination. And so Joseph was able to say, guys, don't worry, don't worry. What you meant for evil, God had a plan. And as long as I stayed focused on him through the battle, I was going to come out where I am today, victorious. So I didn't appreciate the pit. I didn't appreciate 
being sold into slavery. I didn't appreciate part of his wife lying on me and me going. I didn't appreciate any of that, but I've been able to look in the things of my life and see the seed that God placed in me still growing and recognize that it is perfecting me to make me who I am. And so I can look back and say, thanks. I needed that. And going forward, I'm able to say, as I go through every punch, thanks. I needed that. Thanks. I needed that. I'm closing. My wife currently is bedbound and nonverbal. Every now and then when I throw my charms on her, she responds favorably. She says, uh, I said, Lynn, baby, you know I love you, right? Uh, that's good enough for me now. But when it started out, when she began deteriorating, and we live on, we, we have a one family home where to get to the front door, it's almost like the front door is almost like the second floor. And so we have a lot of stairs that we have to go up just to get to the front door. There'd be times that I'd be going out because at the time I'm still a pastor. I still have to do the work of the church. I still had a side job. And Lynn was at a place where it was nervous for her to even go downstairs so that when I would bring her with me in the morning to do all the things I needed to do throughout the day, it was a struggle. It wasn't just, it wasn't just pull the car around, I'll meet you out front. No, I had to work with her. Come on, one more step. One more step. One more step. Down to the car, put her in the car, we go about our business throughout the day. Then at the end of a long day where I'm tired, I recognized when I came to the house, I wasn't get, just going to drop her off at the front door so she could go up the stairs and then go to park the car. I would have to double park the car, pull up on the curb, and then help her up the stairs. Up the stairs. Come on, one more. Sometimes I had to lift her leg. Okay, come on, come on. And when I got to my front door, I recognized Inside the house, this is just the first floor. I still got another set to go to go to the bedroom. And so I would have to work her all the way up the stairs, the second flight from the first floor leading to the second floor and put her into the bed, just lay her there. And then I'd go back out and park the car and come up. And, and I was going through that process. And I was tired from that day. A lot of stuff I had done that day. And I was tired. And I came into the bedroom and she had, I, I can't remember the exact thing that had happened, but it was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. If you go into my bedroom right now, as you enter the door, right by the light switches, you will see a dent in the wall. Pastor. I had taken her out and 
done all the things I needed to do that day. Always watchful, making sure she's all right. And then at the end of the day, I'm tired and I dread the thought of having to help her up the stairs because I'm physically tired. There were some times that when I was feeling strong, I would just put her on my back and carry her up the stairs. But on that particular day, as I dealt with her in the bed, all of the day's journey came flooding down over me. And I said so many things to God. What's, what's going on here, God? What's the matter? Why are you doing this to me? And on my way out, <clears throat> hit the wall, both literally and figuratively. And it left a dent in the wall. Past him. And what God finally said to me in all of my weeks and months of ranting and, and belly aching and, and saying, God, you don't love me. Through all of that, God said, I'm only doing this because you asked for it. You didn't ask for this. You asked for that. And the only way I can give you that is if I prepare you through this in whatever way I see necessary. And there will be no way, hear me, hear me, this, this was powerful what God said to me, there will be no way that you will be able to accomplish anything there unless you make it through this victoriously. People ask me all the time now, how, how in the world can you be smiling all the time and, and, and being so joyous and your wife, how's your wife doing? She's, she's one day closer to her miracle. How can you be like that? I, I've learned. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I've learned that when you walk through the fence, you have to come to the recognition God, you're not doing this to hurt me. You're not doing this to knock me down. You're doing this to build me up. And you want me to get to a place in my journey where every time I get a hit, thanks, I needed, thanks, I needed that. And as you go to a new level in him, the enemy's going to throw some stuff at you. Some of it God will block. But that which is beneficial to you and to you, he's going to allow to get through. Not to cause you to cry, but to cause you to say, thanks. I needed that. I needed every single, I'm going to cry sometimes. And I still do. But I recognize, God, where you've called me to, I need this. And so I'm going to go through praising you. And on the other side, talking about the other side of heaven, I'm talking about the other side of this. On the other side, I'm going to come through, and you will too, as victorious soldiers. 
who have gone through all the devil could throw at you and still came up praising God and God saying, I like what I see. Come on, you're ready, you're ready. The things I needed to work out of you, they're gone. You're ready, you're ready, you're ready. Come on in and receive what I've got for you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I got more, but I think, I think, I'm, let me, I'll, I'll stop. There's more, but I'm going to stop. I want to, I want, what I want to do, and, and I'm, I'm going to give an altar call, but I don't, I don't want emotional responses. Hear me, hear me. Because preachers know how to fill an altar. They'll make the altar call so broad and encompassing that everybody and their mama is able to come. But I want you to hear me, hear me. I will not be disappointed if no one comes, but I know some people will because God didn't put this in me for no reason. If you are going through the heart of this, but you still have the seed of that here it is even more precise and you have not been the best believer while going through this I'm not saying that you sinned or you did anything like that I'm just saying that your praise towards God has waned in the midst of this if that's you and you're ready willing to come to this front and say, I am not going to look at my punches as punches anymore. I'm going to look at my punches as necessary, preparatory for what God has for me. If that's you, make your way to the front. I, I just want to pray. I just want to pray with you just for, for a little bit. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disappointed that a lot of people came to the front. But I, I want you to know as you're standing here, what you're saying is, you, what you're not saying is, God get me out of this. You're not saying that. So I want you to recognize it. It's not some quick fix where someone will come and lay hands on you and prang, I'm out. No, 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 no. You, you remember the account with Jesus when he was baptized? And John the Baptist baptized him and it says the heavens opened and a dove came and, and, and a lit lit on him and the voice from heaven said this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased you, you, you remember that account what happened immediately after in fact the word says immediately what further affirmation can you have by being obedient to baptism and then the heavens opening and a dove coming and landing on you and the voice from heaven said this is my beloved son in whom I am well not just pleased well pleased 
What further affirmation can you have? Do you think God was pleased with him at that moment? I'll answer for you, yes, of course. But yet, immediately, he was led of the devil into the wilderness to be tempted. And you know the three temptations. But, but what I'm saying is God raised him to another level. And when he got there, new levels, new devils. So what you're standing here and saying, God, I'm not asking you to get me out of this. I wouldn't be too upset if you did get me out of this. But I'm not asking. I don't want to get out of this until, until, somebody say until. Until you're finished with me. So do what you need to do. And I knowing it's you working in me. Through all the situations, I'll say thanks. I needed that. You ready for this? Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Even those in the seats, just pray in agreement with this prayer. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you planted this seed in me. I didn't really know I would have to go through all this stuff. But I know you're not trying to hurt me. You're not trying to defeat me. In fact, you're trying to build me up. You're preparing me for what I have a desire in my heart to do. And so, Father, I ask forgiveness for all the grumbling, all the mumbling, all the things I've said. Forgive me. I know you are God. You are sovereign. You can do whatever you want to do when you want to. You can do it how you want to. You can do it to whatever dimension that you want. And it's for my good and the ultimate destination. So I purpose right now, Heavenly Father, as I continue to grow and go in levels, as I continue to pray and you continue to sow seed in me, I purpose that I will continually give you praise through the good, the bad, the ugly, I'll give you praise. You have my best in mind. So thank you, Father, for this day and what you're about to do in and through my life.